0: My name is Ray Keeley. Uh, I'm 71 years of age. I live in Soares, and I, one of my, three of my main interests are anthropology, paleontology, and ancient history. How did I start into this line of uh, interest? Well, when I was a young child, I was curious about human beings. And I was curious to know how we came to be. So I started to read about it. Now, of course, many of us out there use religion to explain this away. And that's understandable because religion really was the only way we could explain how we came to be, referring to a bigger power than us, who made us and controlled us to a certain degree. That's because we didn't have science. Now we have tremendous science, which can tell us exactly what we need to know, and exactly who we are and where we came from. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. Right, the beginning. We can trace back our ancestry to a very long time ago. 23 million years in effect. That's called the Miocene period. That lasts up to about 15 million years ago. And then we had the Pleistocene, which goes from about 5.5 million years up to about 135,000 years. Now, these, these are long periods of time. And that actually coincides with the evolutionary context because evolution takes time sometimes a long time but not necessarily a very long time. I'll explain that. For instance we, we are mammals mammal meaning mammary glands and also meaning giving birth to live young and feeding the live young from the mammary glands. Previous animals before us weren't mammals. They were either reptiles or dinosaurs. But curiously enough, during the dinosaur period, there were mammals living side by side with dinosaurs. They were known as gontodonts, very similar to rats, looking a bit like rats, but living in holes in the ground, small creatures. When the dinosaurs faded out about 65 million years ago, due to a, a, a collision with an asteroid which hit the, uh, Mexico and we have proof of that because we can see where the, the asteroid hit Mexico and we, we can actually trace the remains of the asteroid right below the ocean in Mexico. When that hit it caused huge environmental change and that change resulted in um, a dark cloud right over the whole planet due to the dust and material that was spread up into the atmosphere by the collision of the a- asteroid. Now that lasted a long time, but it caused tremendous upheaval. It caused the plant life to diminish. So that meant that the, the big sauropods, the plant eaters of the, of the time, died out. And of course the sauropods, these were creatures such as the brontosaurus, the brachiosaurus, and various other type of plant-eating dinosaurs, died out. And of course the predators who fed on them died out as well, such as Tyrannosaurus rex. Now, uh, when that happened, what what happened to life? Well, the the life that arose from the, that cataclysmic event gave rise to the, to the, the, the uh, ascendancy of the mammals. And funnily enough, the dinosaurs actually didn't die out. They're around with us today, and guess what they are? Birds. Now we know that because the ancient dinosaurs had two types of construction. One was reptilian, which is a pre dinosaur design, but still goes on today. And the other was bird like. This is based on the construction of their anatomy and their physical uh, skeletons, have shown us this. The birds descended from the dinosaurs because the birds were, some of them were, were evolving into birds. One of the famous discoveries there was Archieopteryx and that was a, a primitive-type bird, which lived at the dinosaur time. That bird gave rise to other birds. Now, why did, the, why did those animals survive? The birds, they had feathers, which gave them insulation. They could fly, and they could eat a varied diet. They weren't dependent on plants. They could eat fish, which still survived in the seas. And, of course, the mammals, who were still around at the, still there at the time, they were feeding on the remains of birds and they were feeding on the remains of other mammals and, and fish as well. And small reptiles. Reptiles still survived. So, we have the mammals surviving and we have the birds, descendants of the dinosaurs, surviving. So, we had a platform for new life. The mammals began to develop. Now, development also depends on evolution. Evolution is the development of creatures on this planet. Not just creatures, but plants and other living things developing into new species or variations of species over time. Time is the element here. So we have, from about 65 million years ago up to the present time, the mammals have developed into many different forms. Cats, dogs, cows, elephants, giraffes, lions, tigers. But there were many different types of mammals before our current modern mammals, and they were in various different shapes and forms. Some of them were ferocious, some of them were gigantic, but they were there and they were mammals and they kept going the birds of course survived as well reptiles too snakes crocodiles salamanders now why why did they survive they were the, the reptiles were there before the dinosaurs so how did they manage to survive well again they had different environments to live in to the dinosaurs the dinosaurs were very much dependent on plant eating uh, sauropods and then you had the predators who predators who fed on plant-eating dinosaurs. So those big m- 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 dinosaurs were gone, but the smaller mammals came along and the reptiles continued to grow. And we still have crocodiles and we still have salamanders, we still have snakes today. So a different species, for instance, take, the, take crocodiles and alligators and caimans. They, they live in water. That's why they survived the big cataclysmic explosion of 65 million years ago. They, were, they had a different environment. They weren't living on land entirely. So they were able to survive. And the birds, of course, with the feathers, they could survive. The mammals had fur and they lived underground, so they, they could survive. So that explains the continuity there. Now, that's just to explain a little bit of the background to mammals and the current state of life on this planet. But coming now to ourselves, we too are mammals. And we too evolved. So if we go back about 23 million years ago, the first origins of human beings started around that time. They were large primates. Uh, They were similar to gorillas, chimpanzees, uh, orangutans. And they fed mostly on plants, but some did eat meat. Over time, that development kept going, and other species of anthropoids, anthropoid means human like, species started to evolve. So um, we can try, the first. Traces of it began around 23 million years ago. Now, after that, from that time on, we can trace the first real significant development of, a, of human beings, human-like anthropoids, to about three and a half million years ago. And there's a very famous fossil called Lucy, discovered by Louis Leakey. Uh, he was a famous anthropologist. And that was discovered in South Africa. It's still in the museum over there. It's priceless. She's only a tiny creature about three and a half feet tall, but she walked upright, she had prehensile thumbs, which by the way, chimpanzees and orangutans have as well, And but she walked upright and she had a brain similar size, well, a very small brain, but a developing brain similar to ours. By the way, the chimpanzees and the orangutans have similar brains to ours, but they, they develop differently. So she was there at that time, we were three and a half million years ago, living in South Africa, it was a very tentative existence because at any stage they could be subjected to droughts or earthquakes or over over overfeeding by uh, predators now how, how did we how did we manage to move along from there well very simply it's to do with our behavior and our culture we began to be more advanced in terms of how we ate our food that's important from lucy lucy's called Lucy, her the name of the type type of species of human being or anthropoid is the Australopithecus. That means southern ape. So we have Lucy as a perfect example of development of the beginning development of human beings. After that, uh, other species of human beings start to evolve, primarily due to culture and primarily due to feeding. So the most important. Uh, the uh, form of our species arrived about one point eight million years ago, and that's th- the famous Homo erectus. Sounds like a very sexy name, doesn't it? Well, it just means standing man. So um, he was he he survived in the, South Africa as well, and spread up towards North Africa. Um, we have Homo erectus, who was probably the most successful of our species prior to ourselves. He lived around one point eight million years ago, as I said already, and he was successful for about two million years. But he evolved into a different species of human being, uh similar to him, but it's this is evolution in, in effect, because it's subtle changes in the species genus. In other words, if I have say I uh, say I have a longer leg or legs, I can I can stand taller and, and I can get to the top of the tree, say, and I can get the fruit there. The smaller per- version of me, who maybe doesn't have the same length of legs, can only get the bottom fruit, which has already been picked off by the other people who are in the same, or the other human beings at the same boat. So the man who stands taller can pick the best fruit. Now that's evolution, because if you if you can do that in a situation like that, in that environment, you're going to survive. Your genes will carry on, and your next babies will be taller, and they'll have longer legs. Now we can see that today in human beings. We're still evolving. We can see it with shorter people in Japan, shorter people in Malaysia, uh, taller people in the Northern Hemisphere. And there are reasons for that, but that's another day's work. Anyhow, uh, Homo erectus was successful for about two million years. And then from Homo erectus, by the way, Homo erectus was a very fast runner. He could run for miles and miles to hunt and he used tools. We also know that Homo erectus used fire which is a big advance for for any living thing, to be able to control fire. And that suggests to us that he had a, a bigger brain, which we know, because we know have his skulls. They, he had a bigger brain, and could think more, and could reason more, and could apply more. So he was able to make tools. Tools are very important. Just as a matter of interest, chimpanzees make tools. Anyway, that'll i come back to it later on. So, yeah, uh, Homo erectus gave rise to another t- type of creature called cro-magnon. Now Cro-Magnon is an early form of homo sapiens. We are we are homo sapiens. Now homo sap- if you looked at a cro-magnon man beside a, a homo sapiens man, you wouldn't really tell him much of the difference. If there is a difference, slight difference, but that difference is what makes evolution. Now the cro-magnon man evolved from homo erectus and started to spread into Europe. And what happens when he goes into Europe? He discovers there's another human species in Europe called neanderthal. Now Neanderthals were very, again, very similar to us. They had actually bigger brains than we have. They're ten percent bigger brains than we have. Now uh, there are a lot of uh, mysteries about Neanderthal man. Where did he come from? If our, if our ancestors uh, went into Europe and discovered Neanderthal, i.e., cro man, where where did, where did Neanderthal come from? Very simple. He evolved from another relative of Homo erectus called. Um, uh, Homo heidelbergensis. Homo heidelbergensis was uh, a relative of Cro Magnon man and uh, also of Neanderthal. So there's a branching off there, and that's quite common in evolution. You will get branching off uh, in situations where uh, the environment or the culture or the feeding uh, for the particular species differs, and one can do the other, one can eat something the other one can't, or they can be more faster at hunting than the other one can't the other one can. So it's all to do with uh, ability uh, and also opportunity. The, the were there and they were very successful. They, they lived in Europe for about a quarter of a million years, 250,000 years. And we were coming into them around 30,000 years ago. That's the uh, modern Homo sapiens who developed from Cro-Magnon. Subtle differences again. But modern Homo, Homo sapiens was a better toolmaker, better hunter, was more organised and lived in larger groups, whereas the Neanderthals were using the same tools they had done, so, for about 30,000 years. So they weren't advancing as much as they could have. But they were more advanced in other ways. They could survive tremendously cold conditions. They had special noses to, to heat up the air while they were breathing in. This would have been during the Ice Age. So, anyway, we, no, we now know that uh, cro and then hom- Homo sapiens ourselves lived alongside Neanderthals. And we now know as well that we bred with Neanderthals. Now, you might think that's awful, but there wasn't that much of a difference between the two uh, different species. One was more robust, i.e. Neanderthal, and one was a little bit more lightsome, such as ourselves, Homo sapiens. But we did breed with them. We know that today because of the great discovery of DNA. DNA is in every living thing on the planet, now, that's, that's a big a big thing to try and grasp because if every living thing on the, on the planet has DNA and we have DNA, what does that suggest to you? It means we're all related on different levels. I mean, I'm related to a tree, believe it or not. Not, not, not entirely now. I don't have boughs and I don't have leaves. But my DNA has some tree DNA and t- tree DNA has some of my DNA. So it's an, an amazing discovery a biochemical discovery, which explains a lot of what we see today. So, we now know that we did breed with Neanderthals because the modern human today has about 4% D- DNA from Neanderthals. And that's that's something to bear in mind because it's an absolute scientific fact. Uh, now, interestingly enough, there was another type of uh, human being living alongside the Neanderthals and ourselves. There's, we only discovered this in the last... 50 years or so. And they're called the Denisovans. Now, we don't have much fossil evidence for them. We do have fossil evidence for Neanderthals. And we do, they were discovered in about the 1850s in Germany in the Neanderthal Valley. That's how the name came about. So, we have the evidence for them. We have the evidence for Homo erectus. We have the evidence for Arcelopithecus, Little Lucy. We have the evidence for other species who evolved from Little Lucy up to Homo erectus and then Cro Magnon. And we have evidence for cro and then into us Homo sapiens, all by, by fossil evidence. Now, these are developments over time, long periods of time, but short periods of time in, the, in terms of the age of the Earth. I mentioned the Denisovans there uh, on the last little piece I was talking about. The Denisovans were very similar to Neanderthals. They were slightly different. When I say very similar, they were slightly different. And they were also different to cro and our present species, Homo sapiens. Now, Denisovans, uh, we don't know a lot about them, but we have a little piece of them. And I mean little, it's, it's actually a piece of a finger. And from that finger, we, we were able to extract DNA. And that DNA corresponded with Neanderthals, it corresponded with us today, Homo sapiens, it corresponded with Cro-Magnons, in the sense that there's a commonality of uh, interaction and breeding. So the Denisovans were basically another type of Neanderthal who lived in a different environment. They lived mostly in over in Eastern Europe, up in the mountains particularly, but particularly, under harsh conditions. So they did interact with us, and they did interact with Neanderthals. Now, though all those species of human beings were living around the same time, in Europe and over Europe, and across over to uh, the Middle East and uh they went as far away as China. Now, China, well, China had, had a, a slightly different terms of in terms of evolution. They had a lar- large input of uh, Homo erectus, but uh, and also later on, they had inputs from Cro and inputs from Homo sapiens. Now, we found we have found Homo erectus in China. It was originally known as Peking Man, and the Chinese always maintained this is going back now. A hundred years or so, they always maintained that they gave rise to human beings, but that's not the case. Human beings always originated in Africa and have emigrated out of Africa into Europe and across the world, right, right the way over to Australia and New Zealand. Now, um, having said that, I mentioned about the Denisovans. We have a little piece, and that Denis, that, that little finger piece, that finger bone, has has uh, marrow in it, but dried marrow. But they were able to extract. Uh, DNA from the dried marrow, even though it was 50,000 years old. Um, so, but they put they got it, and they're able to identify it, and they're able to associate it with us and Neanderthals and, and uh, Denisovans and Cro Magnons. So that that's 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 a stage of development in human beings. Now, why did the Denisovans and the Neanderthals die out? Again, it's down to evolution in terms of culture and. Technology. Now, technology is big because we know that human beings were making stone tools as far back as uh, Homo erectus. And they were using stone, obviously, as I said, to make weapons such as spear tips, uh, the arrow tips, but they didn't come along till later. Uh, ha- spears for hunting fish. So bone was used. It's very du- durable and it can be used again and again. And it can also, if it breaks, you have more bone to come along from the animals you hunt. So they were efficient weapons and efficient killing devices Now uh, when, when, you, when it comes to us Homo sapiens and promanions, their predecessor, our brains were becoming bigger because simply put we had more food available in, the, in, in terms of protein and we were of course we were standing up now standing up goes back to our little astropithecus Lucy, she was standing up. Now, if you're standing up, obviously, you have more. You can, you've, your hands are, are available. You can use your hands for different things. M- initially, they were for hanging on to trees and such as chimpanzees and orangutans and gorillas do. They, they use their hands, but they don't walk upright. They can stand upright and they can walk a little distance upright. Chimpanzees can walk a little bit further, but they have a problem. Their hips are differently shaped to ours. Our hips and our femurs, our leg bones, are right underneath our body, so we can walk more efficiently and for long distances. Chimpanzees, orangutans can't, because their hips are protruding out from their pelvic area, and it's more difficult for them to walk. So their body mass is actually pushed outwards to the sides. Ours is concentrated down to the centre of gravity, so we're able to walk better. And that gave us a tremendous advantage. Plus, we had free hands. That made us available to make tools, and that's the key factor. And when we started to develop to make tools, we wanted to make, like every human being wants to develop, wants to advance, wants to be better. We wanted to make better tools. And that's the key factor with Neanderthals, Denisovans, and us, Homo sapiens, Cro-Magnon. We came in and we had much better tools, and we were able to hunt better. We had more groups of people, uh, bands of people going out hunting and gathering and using these superior tools, including the bow and the arrow. Now, that gave us a tremendous advantage. So it meant that even though we were breeding with Denisovans and Neanderthals, they really lagged behind in development. But we were advancing further with our development of technology, i.e. tools, and that's why why we are here today, and they died out. We're not quite 100% sure about this, but it seems to be the case. The last remaining re- remains of Neanderthal bones fossils were found in Gibraltar. There's a cave there called Darwin's Cave. And they found the remains of a family of uh, Neanderthals there, who were living there for many, many years. And not just one family, but many families. So it was kind of a, like a last refuge of the Neanderthal. Maybe we'd scared them away, I don't know. But we would have been ferocious hunters. We would have been vicious. I mean, we probably felt, as today, these people are subhuman, we're not going to stick with them anymore, even though we'd bred with them. Now, that's only a supposition. We don't know for certain if that's the case, but there's a lot of work going on on that at the moment. So we're here today because of our superior ability to to make tools. The Anderthals had their same tools for about 30,000 years. We were advancing ours for over many thousands of years, to make better tools. So that's that part of the story. So we're, we're ending today on Homo sapiens. So where do we go from Homo sapiens? Into history, because we didn't have history before this time, i.e. going up to the advent of Homo sapiens.